You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins for Thursday, December 7th. I'm Lee Zimpel, your news director. And I am Tyler Weatherwax, your assistant news director. And we are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, the CSU marching band was a little far from home recently. More on that with Tyler and Campus News. And the Poudre School District is facing two civil lawsuits abusing, accusing abuse happened on school buses. This and more with Lee in local news. Then you'll learn about some interesting ways to wrap up your week with Tyler. He'll give you the rundown of things to do in events news. Later on in the broadcast, families of victims whose remains were mistreated at a Colorado funeral home saw the owners wearing orange in person for the first time. Learn about the hearing and more in national news with Lee. And with that, we'll get started with campus news. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax, and this is your Colorado State University campus news. Following yesterday's shooting at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, Colorado State University released a message on their social media yesterday in support of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. CSU posted, quote, Our hearts are with the UNLV community following the tragic events on their campus today. We offer our thoughts of support to our Mountain West Conference partner. Lee will have more on the shooting later during the Rocky Mountain Review. CSU participated in Denver for the Nine News Parade of Lights in Denver. CSU's marching band participated as they played through the streets as they were the only university marching band to participate. Cam the Ram was also in attendance in Denver. Next up is Lee with your local news covering criminal charges involving abuse on a local school bus. In local news, Poudre School District is facing two civil lawsuits that are claiming abuse happened on school buses by an employee. A former paraprofessional bus attendant is now facing over 160 criminal charges. The lawsuits point to last winter and spring as the period of abuse, which is when 37-year-old Tyler Zanella was working on PSD buses carrying children with special needs. The most recent lawsuit was filed midway through last month on behalf of a 7-year-old student and her guardian. The first lawsuit was filed late September. It was filed on behalf of five other victims and their families. Both lawsuits also name PSD, the Colorado Department of Education, the State Board of Education, and up to 50 other PSD employees as defendants. Zanella is due in Larimer County District Court on Friday for a disposition hearing. There, his attorneys will present a plea on those charges. The charges Zanella faces includes 34 felony counts of assault against at-risk individuals and nearly 130 misdemeanor charges of assault and harassment. The lawsuits are also calling for a sentence enhancement for habitual child abuse. According to the Colorado and Fort Collins police found 11 victims during the investigation. Their biggest piece of evidence was video surveillance on PSD buses Zanella was working on. According to the lawsuit, bus cameras show Zanella striking the most recently identified 7-year-old victim on or near her head. The lawsuit claims video and audio captured on the bus suggests that Zanella's physical and verbal attacks against the children were unprovoked. Attorneys in the case are expecting the number of victims to be higher than originally identified by police. On top of pointing towards Zanella, the lawsuits claim the school district had a lack of oversight in his hiring, a lack of supervision on the bus, and that PSD failed to investigate past complaints of abuse in his work history. In 2012, Zanella pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge of child abuse in Adams County. And more recently, Zanella was convicted in Larimer County last year for driving under the influence. 
which happened about 10 days before he was hired by PSD that August. According to the Coloradoan, families of other victims are planning to file more civil complaints against PSD. So far, the school district has yet to release a public statement since the newest movements in the case. Hospitals in Fort Collins and Loveland are preparing for flu season by adding some visitor restrictions. UC Health and Banner Health facilities in northern Colorado are limiting younger visitors and asking visitors who don't feel well to stay home. This comes after an uptick in respiratory sicknesses in local hospitals, including COVID-19. The limits have been put in place to protect both patients and staff. According to Nine News, as of Monday, local UC Health hospitals were treating 19 patients with COVID-19. Spokesperson Kelly Tracer said COVID is still the most commonly seen in the health system so far this season, but that flu and RSV have also ticked up in the past two weeks. In a news release announcing the seasonal restrictions, Dr. Michelle Barron of UC Health said the respiratory virus season has officially started, and that includes anything from the common cold to more severe illnesses. Barron added that now is the perfect time for Coloradoans to protect themselves and others. Some tips she shared to prepare for the holidays is to get vaccinated, to stay home if you're sick, and to keep doing the basics like washing your hands. If you plan on visiting a friend or family member at the hospital, here's what you need to know about the limitations. Patients won't be able to see more than two visitors at the same time. Visitors under 12 aren't allowed in high-risk areas. And visitors with symptoms of respiratory sicknesses will be asked to wear a mask inside or to visit when they are healthy. Specific visitor restrictions might vary between different hospitals, so it'll be important to be on the lookout for signs posted. UC Health also encourages visitors to ask staff about any limits unique to their unit. You can expect these limitations to last through the whole flu season, which will be through May. My name is Lee Zimpel, and those were your local news updates. We'll take a quick break, and then Tyler will be back with what you need to know if you're looking for something to do in Fort Collins this weekend. Travel Rights is a proud supporter of KCSU and the KCSU Volleyball Broadcast. Located on 628 College Ave, Travel Rights is a full custom tattoo and piercing studio, as well as a jewelry and permanent jewelry boutique. For more information about Travel Rights, visit tribalritestattoo.com. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax with some upcoming local events. At the Lincoln Center is the holiday favorite, the Nutcracker. The Canyon Concert Ballet will perform the classic story, and the Fort Collins Symphony will provide the live music. You can catch this show tonight and tomorrow night at the Lincoln Center starting at 7 p.m. 
Tomorrow night right here on campus is the CSU Fall Dance Capstone Concert. The concert is meant to be a way for seniors to show their creativity on stage, showcasing personal growth and emergence into oneself. Catch the concert at the University Center for Arts tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. You can also catch it Saturday at 2 p.m. Boogie T will be at the Aggie Theater tomorrow night with his trio backing him. The band will be joined by Manic Focus and features live bands. Catch Boogie Trio at the Aggie Theater tomorrow night starting at 9 p.m. Saturday morning, join Fort Collins for the Trolley Holiday Open House. The event starts at 11 a.m. at 1801 West Mountain Avenue. Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus will be in attendance and you can grab some hot cocoa and admission is free. That's all for your upcoming local events. Coming up next is Lee with National News covering yesterday's mass shooting at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Learn more about the shooting after the break. And we are back with national news. For the first time, families with loved ones part of the mass mistreatment of bodies in a Colorado funeral home saw the owners in person Tuesday appearing before a judge. The owners of Return to Nature Funeral Home, John and Carrie Halford, showed up to court in handcuffs and orange jail clothes. Neither of them spoke or entered pleas during the brief hearing. The Halfords are facing a mountain of criminal charges, nearly 200 counts of abusing corpses on top of several counts each of theft, money laundering, and forgery. The El Paso community was stunned after the Penrose Funeral Home was first investigated early October. Investigators discovered dozens of stacked bodies, with some deaths dating as far back as 2019. Family members were falsely told their loved ones were cremated. According to CBS News, an environmental assessment last month turned up a serious biohazard. The Environmental Protection Agency determined it would need to demolish the building in order to safely remove it all. The demolition is planned for next month. Because of the number of bodies, the process of identifying all the remains is still ongoing, but families who hired Return to Nature and had loved ones either confirmed or suspected to be mistreated were present for the hearing. The FBI has been notifying families privately if their loved ones were identified. During Tuesday's hearing, one mother, Heather DeWolf, held up a photo of her late son, who died in 2020 at the age of 33. Return to Nature held his remains. According to AP News, she told a reporter, quote, I don't view them honestly as human at this point. I don't believe a human could do this. Her son's remains haven't been officially identified yet, but DeWolf suspects the ashes she was given are fake. For DeWolf and other families, too, the gruesome mistreatment found at the funeral home added another layer of grief around their loved one's passing. 
The exact details of how their bodies were mishandled are still unknown to the wider public. On Tuesday, the Halford's defense teams objected to the release of case information, which is an idea brought by prosecutors. For now, the decision to release information will be made by a future judge. The Halfords were arrested in Oklahoma last month. Investigators believe they were fleeing Colorado to avoid prosecution. They've been jailed on a combined $2 million bond. For the case, each Halford has their own separate defense. John Halford is being represented by the Public Defender's Office and Carrie Halford by a defense attorney. Neither gave comment on Tuesday's hearing. Three are dead and a fourth is critically wounded following a shooting at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Police are now saying the gunman was denied a job at UNLV and that he didn't seem to be targeting students. On Wednesday, the gunman opened fire at the UNLV's Lee Business School. According to the Associated Press, students and professors took cover in classrooms and dorms as the gunman roamed the building. The first shots came just before noon on the fourth floor, where faculty and staff offices were located. He died in a shootout with police. Officials identified the suspect as 67-year-old Anthony Polito. They say he was a longtime business professor and that he unsuccessfully tried for a job at UNLV. Investigators say he worked at East Carolina University from 2001 until resigning in 2017 as a tenured associate professor. One of his former students at ECU said that Polito was fixated on Las Vegas and that he'd go on tangents during class about his many trips to the city. Polito told his students he would visit twice every year. Students also say Polito seemed obsessive over anonymous student reviews at the end of every semester. He told one of his classes that he remembered the faces of students that gave him bad reviews, pointing to seats in the classroom, saying he knew who they were and where they sat. The attack at UNLV echoed the memory of the deadliest shooting in modern U.S. history. In October 2017, a gunman killed 60 and wounded over 400 on the Las Vegas Strip. That shooting happened just miles from the UNLV campus. Clark County Sheriff Kevin Mc... Kevin McMahill said at a news conference that the lessons learned from the shooting helped authorities work, quote, seamlessly in reacting to the UNLV attack. The investigation is ongoing and victims have yet to be identified by police. Police also haven't said what kind of weapon was used yet. In America, gun violence is a growing issue and black and white interpretations of the Second Amendment in U.S. courts contribute to the rapidly expanding number of firearms in the nation. According to the Associated Press, that number is almost 400 million, which is a number that could enable easier access to those who shouldn't have one. Many Americans are feeling the violence that number enables as a growing threat to other rights, like the pursuit of happiness, the right to worship, or the right to go to school. Those were your national news updates for today. We're going to take a break, but coming up, you'll get caught up with the latest in CSU sports with Tyler. We'll be right back. vibes. Oh, I got you, BB. You know that college radio is more than just the Coachella lineup, right? It's also like metal and sports and EDM and news and jazz and KCSU, where college radio is more than just college radio. 
CSU men's basketball pulled off a close win last night against Denver, winning 90-80. to The Rams were able to make a win happen in front of a crowd of 7,135 fans. The Rams beat DU to take them to 9-0 for the season, being one of the best-rated teams in the country. CSU women's basketball looks to remain undefeated as well as they take on Montana this Saturday. The team is currently without their starting center, Callie Clark, but they're still hoping to come out Saturday with a win. The team currently sits at 7-0. and Now, here is Lee with your Fort Collins weather forecast. You might want to gear up for some snow this weekend and maybe even tonight. Today it was sunny and temperatures peaked around 63 degrees. There were a couple gusts of wind that felt a little strong. Tonight we'll have a low chance of snow, but mostly that chance spills over into the early morning of tomorrow. The sky will be partly cloudy this evening as it dips to a low of 29. Friday, as the morning moves forward, snow will be more likely to come our way, mainly after 11 a.m. We can expect a bit of a whiteout as it'll be mostly cloudy. We'll see a high of 41. Snow buildup is projected to be less than half an inch. Friday night, the chance for snow will lower a bit in some areas, but it could still add up to any buildup from the day. The snow could end up sitting a little under an inch if it sticks. We will see a low of 22 and it will be another windy night. The weekend will clear up a little, and we'll be feeling a little breezy out there. Saturday will be sunny with a high of 41. Saturday night will cool off to a low of 18, and skies will end up partly cloudy. Sunday morning, those clouds should clear up as the day moves forward. It should end up being mostly sunny. It'll warm up to a high of 48 degrees. Sunday night, we'll see a couple of clouds, but it should stay clear in terms of snow or rain. Temps will ride a low around 25 degrees. This is our last episode of Rocky Mountain Review for the semester, so I want to wish you luck, good luck on your finals, if you have any, and thank you for joining us for this week's weather forecast. All information comes from the National Weather Service. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music. We'd also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.